all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I'm going to say happy Thursday to you guys out there. Hope you had a fantastic day thus far. The week is almost over, but guess what? you got to keep grinding and keep pushing all the way to the end, you guys. And as always, you know that the show is brought to you by no other than YRN 1328. That's your radio network, you guys. So uh, today, you guys, we have a special guest joining us, um, and I'm excited about having Having him on this evening, you guys. Uh, we got Eric Leggett in the building, uh, you guys, and he's going to be talking about um, his awesome new book um, that he just released. Uh, that is bound, bound uh, to definitely turn some heads and and, <laughs> and get people talking. And he's talking about the ten warning signs uh, he can be a deadbeat uh, dad or deadly, and this is preventing um, future drama and domestic violence. And so uh, we are eagerly anticipating on hearing um, his speech on this and why um, it was set for him, you know, to create a book like this. So we're going to get into that today, folks. As always, if you have a question or comment or you want to add something to the conversation, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And as always, I encourage you guys to make sure you share the show. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let everybody know that the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is on and going. And as uh, you guys know, uh, during the month of February, uh, which we always give facts during the show, but during the month of February, especially being Black History Month, uh, we always share uh, Black History uh, facts. Uh, for the day, so we're going to get to that later on in the show during a commercial break. So we're not going to delay any longer, you guys. We're going to bring the special guest of the hour on here. Eric, you there? I'm here. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's been a long time. <laughs> it has, my sister. You sound great, man. Well, thank you. You really do. You sound great. I got to be on top of my I, game with with that. With you sounding like I, that. Oh goodness, I try. I try. I try to do a little something here and there. All right now, you succeeding. You're not trying. You're doing, sister. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And of course, um, 
uh, I know back um, when I first you had had you on the show, we were talking about uh, fathers with voices and all those great things. And so, for the folks out there who may not be familiar with who you are, um, tell them a little bit about yourself and and what exactly it is that you you do and specialize in. Well, um, I'm, I'm I'm the president and founder of Fathers with Voices, which is a program mm-hmm. that I started in 1996. Um, to work with separated and divorced fathers that's involved in child support, visitation, and custody cases. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm very proud to say that, you know, the program has helped thousands of fathers uh, throughout the country and internationally in terms of helping them obtain their visitation rights, uh, mm-hmm. be awarded joint custody, joint as well as custody of their children, and also mothers. Right. I've helped a lot of right. mothers also. Mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and mm-hmm. to kind of give people um, the backdrop behind it, what is it? What was it that made you personally want to get involved um, with fathers being able to, um, you know, stay connected with their children after after a separation or after a divorce? Well, ironically, um, a lot of people think that I started this program because of my situation, even though my daughter was at that time two years old. And the mm-hmm. mother and I, unfortunately, the relationship um, dissolved. But the, right. the concept of Fathers with Voices actually came from two childhood friends of mine that were engaged. And the female uh, part of that relationship um, stopped me on the street one day and, and just, just confided in me that they were getting a lot of drama, uh, receiving a lot yeah. of drama from uh the fiance's ex uh, girlfriend who had his son and he mm-hmm. wasn't being allowed to see his son because of the drama. And one young man that I grew up with, you ever meet people that always smiling, you know, always happy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way right. my friend was. And I just, I couldn't understand, you know, who wouldn't like his name. It's, his name was uh, Kirk. And I said, well, man, mm-hmm. who, who wouldn't like Kirk? And the the wheels just started turning and saying, and I I said to myself, you know, how many other men were going through situations like that? And, you know, one thing, you know, led to another as far as the concept Mm -hmm. and the name of Fathers with Voices coming. And I started doing, I did a need assessment uh, questionnaire in my community in Brooklyn, New York, and to find out you know, how many men were dealing with situations like this, and it was a lot of men. So that's where the, the springboard, and then I became Fathers with Voices' first client three months later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I became Fathers with Voices' very first client um, when I had to uh, advocate for my visitation rights to my daughter in court, and that's mm-hmm. where the real learning experience came from. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which which is a, a great thing, and it is it, something that you know even today, um, uh, fathers um, continue mm-hmm. to struggle with. You know um, mm-hmm. that whole process. And so, why do you think it is? Even after you after all this time, like you started this back in 1996, and here we are in 2017. And I have you know um, male friends who have are still going through you know, these difficult moments of, of trying to have a relationship with their child, you know, after mm-hmm. a breakup or after a divorce. And so why do you think still 
now um, it, it's very hard for men um, to to be in that position where they can, you know, have um, their 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 rights, so to speak. Well, it, a lot of it comes from um, not being well informed and educated on their paternal rights and their and the inner workings of the court system. And mm-hmm, men mm-hmm. contact me um, through my program. I'll always encourage them. You know, you have you're the no one is going to care more about your situation than you. And right. the failure of a lot of fathers is they put a high level of trust in attorneys. And but but listen, you know, we, we we're living in a in an age where there's so much information on the internet. You have to remember when I started this program 20 years ago, the desktop was just becoming popular. Right. <laughs> so there weren't <laughs> there, there was there wasn't as as much information and now you know 20 years later uh, a man you know he he really don't even have to leave his house in order to complete you know uh, court forms you know men can download court forms complete them and then take them down to court whereas before you know we're talking about an all-day type of thing so you know it's it's not as difficult if the man is willing to want to learn about his paternal rights and how to succeed in court, you know, um, because it's possible. I mean, that, that, you know, so many men uh, are, are obtaining custody of their children, which was pretty much unheard of 20 years ago. But now, you know, I've helped a lot of men um, obtain custody of their children. So I would I would answer by saying that it's not as difficult if that man is is willing to roll up his sleeves and and do the work. It's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, um, of what I've sensed over the years is that some people is is complete frustration that ends up making a lot of people just give up. You know, they're just saying like, well, I can't, I can't do this, you know, and they get frustrated because like you said, they don't have that information and they don't Mm -hmm. have the right people to reach out to as far as resources and everything to, to gain that information. So a lot of people um, seem to get frustrated, you know, through the Mm -hmm. whole process, which is understandable, you know. Right. It is, it is understandable. And, and I, to, to a, a failure of a lot of men is that they they put their total focus on the drama, meaning what's going on between himself and his ex-spouse or ex-mate, and they get caught up in what's happening between them, where they're not focused on the task at hand or the the goal at hand, which is to maintain a positive relationship with his son or daughter. So that's something right. that I always have to do with with men is to get them to refocus what the real goal is and, and get them away mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, constantly focusing on the infighting that's occurring between himself and, and his uh, ex-spouse or ex-mate. Absolutely. Do you, I mean, do you think that ultimately, um, Eric, the big issue boils down to that people get so caught up in – Wanting to hurt one another, that they they forget what the main you know what the main focus of it should be. And that's exactly what it is. That's why they yeah. call it drama. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know you got you have <laughs> to have you know you have to have one person that's rational uh, as far as their thinking. 
You have to have that one parent that says, okay, it didn't work. You know, I'm sorry that it happened like this and so on and so forth. But one of us have to think about the well-being of the child. And that's the importance of, of the work that I've been doing over the years is getting fathers to, to, to focus, to focus. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call me and say, well, Mr. Leggett, I really want to remain involved in my son or daughter's life. Mm-hmm. My job mm-hmm. is to help you get there and give you the resources and the referrals and the advice to get you there. But if you're still stuck on, well, you know, she cheated on me, she did, she did, she did. I, I have uh, in the past told men, listen, when you're ready to focus on your child, give me a mm-hmm. call back. And I'm sorry, right. I would have to get, you know, I would have to take that hard stand to get them to see and to focus on what what the task is was at 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 hand, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and of course, um, over time, you have um, also branched into uh, being an author and, and writing a book. And so, we're going to get into that um, a little bit later on the show. But of course, I know that we have um, men who are tuned in um, as far as who are trying, you know, still in that process of trying to gain access to their children and so forth. And so, um, Eric, what what, are, what is like the first step that people or, or men need to take um, in order, um, you know, to, to get things in motion so that they can um, be able to see their children? Well, the first the first step that they should take is is going online, Let's say, for example, uh, if he wants to, if he wants his visitation rights, whatever mm-hmm. state that he he resides in, say, for example, New York City, you type in New York City in Google and type in visitation rights, you're going to pull up a wealth of information about what he can request as far as visitation rights. And then his second step would be, you know, print that out and say, you know what, um, go to court. And when he gets his petition papers, put those same visitation rights requests on that form. Or he can down, he can go to, again, to Google and type in, you know, New York City courts. And it's going to bring up the New York City court system. And he'll be able to navigate and they'll show him where he can download the visitation forms. And he can fill okay. and complete these forms out um, himself you know, the comfort of his home or his office or wherever. And then he can go down to court and just, you know, file that petition. And there you go. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome, awesome. And, um, of course, what we want to do is we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump into uh, Eric's hot new book that he has out uh, for you guys and more. So we'll be right back uh, over here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent shows you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. 
and Conversations with Trench, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. We're joined by author and advocate uh, Eric Leggett this afternoon, you guys. And, of course, uh, Eric, you have a, a new book out uh, entitled The Ten Warning Signs. He can be deadly or deadly, uh, preventing future drama and domestic violence. And, of course, I know the title alone definitely makes people go like, wow. <laughs> so yeah. how did you come about uh, with the title uh, for this particular mm. book? Well, I, I would say that the, the, the concept of the book um, comes from a disturbing trend that I've I've been mm-hmm. following over the past five to seven years, and that single mothers right. that are uh, that are being murdered at the hands of their children's fathers, mm-hmm. um, and these are women that were involved in disputes with their with the children's fathers, you know, such as child support or visitation or custody disputes, and. This trend just became very disturbing to me because I started right. reading more and more articles and incidents of these different types of level of violence uh, committed against single mothers. And then I started to think about some of the men that have contacted fathers with voices over the years. And as I say, state in my book, um, some of these men would contact my program and try to use Fathers with Voices as a get-out-of-child-support-free card. In in other words, it's like they wanted me to make a a statement that would give them permission to walk away from their responsibilities. And it was very offensive to me because that's not what my program is about. Um, So as as I continue to sit down and think and contemplate you know, having conversations with certain men and observing certain behaviors in in certain types of men. I said, you know what? While single women are out here dating, it's very important that they understand that there are men out here that think a certain type of way, and that's where the 10 warning signs comes from. (laughs) Absolutely. But, you know, one of the things, and you've talked about um, just over the years in particular, um, is Mm. about – um, the dating scene period, you know, the mm-hmm. just the initial process of dating. And, and what I've, you know, come to find over the years, Eric, is that oftentimes talking to my friends and, and listening to them talk about, you know, days that they've been on and so forth, I feel like for some odd reason, even in this day and time, we are afraid to just come out and ask people, straight, real talk type of questions when dating, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, have you ever been incarcerated? Have, you know, are you, have you ever been charged with rape or, or all these different type of questions? And I feel like people just have a tendency to, you know, not ask those questions. And then later on, it's, well, I had no clue. And it's all mm-hmm. because, okay, we didn't choose to ask. Why do you, why is that? Why, why don't we ask? the necessary questions when they Well, I, I call those GPQs. 
And that's something that I'll be talking <laughs> about in the future. It's called grown people questions. And, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I believe the reason why people don't want to is because it's the fantasy of mm-hmm. being in love and not wanting to know. It's like you have people that think like, okay, we all have a past. We don't mm-hmm. always want to hear about it. We want to just jump okay. into, you know, oh, you know, look at your hands. Your hands are beautiful. And we were born on the same date and so on and so forth. <laughs> and that meant, you know, we were meant to be because, you know, mm-hmm. we got mm-hmm. the same sign and this and that. Right. And we get we get caught up in that. And that's why I'm I'm really on this book is my first step on this journey to really warn single people that, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've spoken to uh, – Maury Povich has nothing on me as far as hearing drama stories. <laughs> I've heard just about every drama story you can hear. But the one thing that I learned by speaking to parents involved in these conflicts is there are dating mistakes that they named that's, that, that, that made me realize that single people are at risk of becoming part of this particular problem, you know, and it's very important that I share this knowledge with single people to say, look, you know, if you get caught up in this situation, it can set your life back for many, many years. So this book Mm -hmm. is a springboard to start this conversation that I want people to start having about you know, the baby mama and baby daddy drama problem that is really mm-hmm. uh, creating havoc throughout our society. Right. And, and why do you believe, like, in this book, um, you know, when when we talk about women and, and, and when we talk about dating and men and so forth, I often feel like we as, we as women, of course, you know, we we have that, we get that intuition, you know, they call it women's intuition. We get that intuition mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this person is not cracked up to all that, that they're supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And I talk about often about how oftentimes, you know, we meet the representatives um, when we are dating people. And it's a person that they would like to be, you know, they might they might want to be nice and cool and, and collective, mm-hmm. but they have another side to themselves. And so with you and, and in your research and your studies, why do we not heed those red flags, those flashing lights when we meet people that says, this is not the person that you're supposed to be with prior to even sleeping with that individual. Boy, you're good. Uh, it, you're good. Um, that's, <laughs> you are. You're good. I mean, you this are, is like before sex. You. you know, sex well, makes you, it even worse sometimes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, it happens because we we say that, okay, you know, listen, in the past, you know, I didn't give people a try. You know, yes, this is a red flag, but, you know, I'm going to work with this. We work with people for different reasons. It could be their smile. It could be uh, there's a connection as far as sense of humor. There could be other forms of connections. So we let that override the warning signal. And that, that is one of the reasons why 
you know, parents would say, you know, Mr. Leggett, you know, as painful as this situation is, I have to assume some responsibility. And I said, well, what do you mean? I ignored certain warning signals. And I said, well, why? Mm. Well, I wanted to give this person a chance because in the past, a person would do one thing wrong and I would get rid of them. I'm getting older. So, you know, that was their reason, okay? Right. And the next thing you right. know, they continue in in the relationship. Eventually, sex became part of it. And the next thing you know, those warning signals that they ignored, all of that came to the forefront once the pregnancy occurred. It's like, okay, now I know why. You right. know, my instincts were saying, danger, danger, warning, warning. I can see it now. And what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is to get people to say, honor those instincts. Because, see, mm. when, we t- when we talk about the drama, people don't want to talk about baby mom and baby daddy drama because True. they feel like intellectually we have, moved, we have moved on. But they also think, okay, that's a ghetto term. But wait a minute, you got multimillionaires. That's a, I just put an article that I wrote on my page, and I said, well, wait a minute. If it's a ghetto term, why are millionaires involved? I could go down the list. Ludacris, Bow Wow, 50 mm-hmm. Cent, mm-hmm. Halle Berry, Bristol right. Palin. These are people that are not hurting for money. So it's <laughs> not a ghetto term. It's right. not. And we right. really got to, with, with these women that are dying now, we really got to start paying attention to this problem. We do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, and that's the sad part is that, um, you know, and that's why I said, you know, you, you have all these issues, like even before sex comes along. And then, you know, when it gets to the sex part, like, my Lord. Like, it's, You're gone. It's, it's deeper. You're gone. It's deeper, you know, because you don't have boots high enough to... <laughs> Trend, no, no. Listen, that, you listen, know. listen, listen. We we family. Yeah. We family now. Listen. When it gets to that part of sex, and that person mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. chanting in a different language, you start singing in the middle of it. You're gone. That that's it. When when the, when the sexual experience start making you, you know, speaking other languages and stuff like that. <laughs> That's it, you know. You start you you start quoting Socrates and and Plato and things of that nature. You're gone. Oh my! That's when it's too far gone. And what I'm trying to do is to first get single people to acknowledge this as a threat. I call it S S R T S T C, sexually transmitted consequences. Mm. And I need I, I need single people to look at this the same way as far as this, you know, having a preventive, uh, what I call a PAP. I have a lot of acronyms. Preventive action plan. I need for single people to look at, uh, to accept preventing future drama relationships the same way as, you know, their approach to, to wearing contraceptives. Why right. do you wear contraceptives? You wear contraceptives because you you don't want an unplanned pregnancy or an STD. Well, 
why do you want to follow a preventive action plan when it comes to preventing future drama relationships? Because Mm -hmm. you don't want to get in a situation where you're co-parenting with someone that you don't have anything in common with. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you know the and the thing about that is that oftentimes we you know people who 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 made those choices because ultimately it is your choice it is your choice um as a person to decide okay I'm going to have uh unprotected sex with this person you know there are other cases where you have rape and molestation all those things that go on but mm-hmm. if if you're of of a free will and clear mind and you decide that I'm going to have uh, sex with this person, you know, you Mm -hmm. then have made the choice to deal with whatever comes after that. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that no woman goes into, uh, you know, no woman goes into a relationship or has sex with a man and thinks, if I do get pregnant, I'm going to be a single mom. You know, I mean, I I don't think that's the, the first process. And then so... You know, having women who who go through that, you know, can can be um, a, a very disheartening, you know, thing for them to go through. Uh, my only thing is when you learn from that, because then mm-hmm. you go and have people who are what I, you know, it's like it being, you know, accused of a crime. You got you go back and you're a second offender, <laughs> you're you're a third offender, and, and you keep mm-hmm. doing it over and over again seeing how these situations worked out. And so when it comes uh, to single women, and, and in your book, you know, you talk about this. What what are the signs? What are, What is that first sign that I can tell this man that, that's got me feeling all kind of ways, you know, could potentially be a dead father if, if we got to that point of, of having a child? I would say the first thing you want to ask is what was his relationship with his dad? See, when a when a man a man who who does not have a good relationship with his dad can go either way. Right. He could uh use the fact that he didn't have a great relationship with his dad uh as motivation to say um listen, I'm I'm not going to uh, be like my dad. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. step up to the plate. Or he could he can go the opposite way and say, "Look, hey, I didn't have a dad. I did just fine for myself. I'm okay." So right. you definitely want to look at that. You want to you want to ask him what type of relationship he has with his dad because he can go it can go either way. And, and and I'll give you uh, another sign. He already has multiple children, but he doesn't get along with, 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 with the mothers, okay? Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. If you ask him, well, what's going on? Well, listen, man, she's just, she's stressing me out. Listen, I, I pay my child support, you know, as long as she's getting the, the money, I'm not going to deal with this stress. Okay, I'll wait till they get 16, 17, 18 years old. Now, listen, if he's telling you this, what makes you think things might be different with you? Right. 
And I've had female friends that know what I do as far as working with men and working with fathers, that that type of thing, who will call me and say, well, I'm dating a guy right now. He has three children by, you know, uh, three different women. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Mm -hmm. be very careful. Okay. And (laughs) I said, listen, you know, just be very careful. Because now uh, the second question would be, well, what's the relationship like with them? Well, he's really not involved. Be careful. Mm, right. Okay. See, some, you know, we, we've been sometimes laid this stuff out like a perfectly uh, laid out blanket on a hot summer day for a picnic. Okay. It's mm-hmm. all laid out. But I think when the attraction is there and it's very, very strong, that that's what begins to cloud your memory or cloud your mind, excuse me. That's what will, will, will begin to cloud your mind. So these warning signs is is serious because when I started Fathers with Voices 20 years ago, it, it wasn't as violent as far as the disputes. Mm-hmm. Now these disputes are leading to people dying. Right. Okay. And women right. are women are really dying. I mean, mm-hmm. this has become this has become a real disturbing trend. So right. I'm I'm encouraging single mothers to to read this book because I want to reduce the love. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully by sharing some of these warning signs, you know, it would cause women to pause and say, you know what, let me hold off on this this intimacy thing. Um, until I get more information. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and one of the things, you know, in, in speaking about domestic violence against a lot of single mothers, because we've all seen it, um, it's over the years, but it's become a little more rampant now. We see in the media where, you know, mm-hmm. um, fathers have even gotten to the point, not only did they, you know, kill the child, you know, their child's mother, but, I mean, they killed the children. You know, it's it's... You know, it's exactly. just getting to that point where now it's, it's, it has reached the kids to the point. And, and the thing about it, and I want to talk about this after the break, is a lot of this often stems from when people get into new relationships. Um, you know, you. If, 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 mm-hmm. if, 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 you know, if we've had a child, okay, you don't want to have nothing to do with me anymore. I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore. Okay, I meet somebody new. You know, and mm-hmm. then somebody's sitting back like, "Oh no, <laughs> yep. it's not going to go down yep. like this." I don't like, I don't like this look. And so you I want to exactly talk about right. that. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I want to talk about that after this break because that that's one of the things that I found that definitely creates a, a new a new issue uh, is when people yeah. jump into new relationships. So we're going to talk about that, you guys. We're going to take a short break, you guys, but I promise we're going to come back and we're going to have our uh, Black History uh, Today's Facts. Uh, for you guys as well. We'll be right back, you guys, with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living right here on your radio networks, YRN 1328. 
What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com All right, you guys, and today's Black History Fact that takes place on February 2nd, you guys, uh, in 1948, uh, President Truman sent Congress a special message urging adoption of a civil rights program, including a Fair Employment Practices Commission and anti-lynching and anti-poll tax measures. This was just in 1948. 48, you guys. And of course, in 1897, uh, Alfred L. Crail invented the ice cram scooper. Um, so you guys who love some ice cream, you know, you guys have to <laughs> have to give thanks to Alfred Crail for inventing uh, the ice cream scooper on February 2nd in 1897, you guys. And, of course, those are our Black History Facts for today. We'll be right back with more from our special guest, Eric Leggett, right here on The Beautiful Butterfly.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as always, you guys, the Beautiful Butterfly Show is brought to you guys by YRN 1328. That's your radio network, and you guys can download the app on iPhone or Android, you guys. And this evening, you guys, we are on with author and father advocate Eric Leggett, you guys. And Eric, well, of course, before the commercial, um, I talked about what happens, um, and, and we talked about uh, domestic violence towards um, single moms, but I, I wanted to talk about the increase of how that drama and how those domestic violence situations stem, especially when mothers tend to get into new relationships. You know, I, I've had many women talk about they've had the conversation, you know, with the child's father that they're not going to be together and they're not getting married. You know, everybody's doing their own thing. And as soon as the woman or man gets into a new relationship, issues begin to stem. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Because one person never got over the relationship. And, you know, what, I, what I've come to realize is over the years when I hear stories the in the the drama intensifies on both sides, men or women, when one person finally moves on in a committed relationship. Committed relationship could be when uh, the parent moves in with another uh, uh, person, or when that person gets engaged or or married. Mm-hmm. That's when it's like, okay, this is really over. You know, right. someone has really stepped in the picture, and then reality hits. And mm-hmm. I would have to say this: the drama really intensifies when one person or one parent moves into an, a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And the telltale signs it basically says, you know what, this relationship is really over, and mm-hmm. people have a hard time um, with that reality. Um, right. That fin- that finality, that you know, the relationship is really over with the person that I had this child with, and a lot mm-hmm. of people can't mm-hmm. take that. They can't. Right, right. Mm. And, and and the thing about it is that you know that's what creates the anger and the aggression because you know they're seeing this person inevitably move on with their life, and then oftentimes mm-hmm. people feel like that they are going to be replaced. I hear often, you know, mothers and fathers talk about, well, I don't want the new man or the new woman thinking that they're my child's mother or that they're my child's father. You know, Mm -hmm. my thing is, wouldn't you hope that going into that situation that your child would be in in, in a situation of, of two loving adults, you know, meaning even if, if, if mom did go and get um, married, you know, hopefully she's made the decision that, you know, the person that she's decided to marry is not only in the best interest for her, but for her child. So I think sometimes people don't give the new mate the benefit of the doubt because, like you said, they they simply don't want to realize, you know, that the situation is, is over. No, and they don't. They don't even they don't yeah. even consider the fact that this person could be uh, really good around my children. Right. Um, right. They don't even consider the fact that okay, if it didn't work out for me, then at least I want my my child's uh, father or mother to be happy. And if they're happy, 
that's going to create a, an even better parent for my child. And that's why right. it's so important that people understand, you know, when 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 I did a, a workshop at a high school, um, when Fathers with Voices first started, and it was a very popular workshop that I was doing all over New York City, and it was called, it was just simply called Baby Mama Drama. And mm-hmm. one of the statements that I said to the high school students was, you know, you have to always look at the person that you're you're sleeping with as possibly being the mother or father of your child. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. handle co-parenting with that person? And a gentleman came up, a young man came up to me, never forget it. He came up to me, he shook my hand, he thanked me for coming to his school. He said, you know, I was having sex with someone that I didn't even like. Mm. And he, he said, I didn't even like. He said, I did it because it was there. Yeah. He said, but since yep. hearing you speak this afternoon, that's over. He says, I could never imagine co-parenting with this person. And I said, he got mm-hmm. it. And yeah. and that if if you really sit down and think about the fact that okay, did I see this person as being the mother or father of my child? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, if people started thinking that way, it would, the dating would never get past second base. Right. But people right. don't think that way. Do you see what I'm saying? No, absolutely people, not. People, like everybody, everybody's right. into their feelings, that into their emotions no. at the time, and I honestly think that that's like the father's thing. And it may be. I mean, some people may, but it's very few. Mm-hmm. I think that majority of the people, you know, they're caught up in the moment of what's going on. And then you have people like the young man you just mentioned whom, um, you know, they, they just have somebody that they, they frequently have sex with. You know, there's no mm-hmm. relationship there. Uh, there may not even be any light. It's just that, hey, I know if I call this person at such and such time or whenever, they're going to be there to to fulfill that need that I have. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes you have people who get in those very situations who do end up, you know, uh, having a child by that person, and it's like, oh, God. So, therefore, yeah. you have to learn how to co-parent um, through it all. And so... Um, of course, uh, to the callers on the line, uh, if you do have a question or you want to share your own personal story, feel free. Uh, go ahead and press 1. I'll bring you on the line. Or if you're out there listening, you can call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that some of us are, are just so caught up um, in the moment of things, and we're having fun, and, and we, we're doing our thing, and we don't realize, okay, if something does come of this, are, are, are the both of us going to be able to be responsible people and, and co-parent in this thing? And so, um, of course, uh, what, is, what is another sign? What is another sign uh, for the women out here that, that the person that we are mingling with could be a deadly or a, a deadbeat? Uh, let's see. Let me, let me see which one I want to choose. Um <laughs> let's see, because some of them are actually kind of funny. Um, let's see. Um, he has no plans for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, let's let's keep it real. When you get to be twenty five right. or thirty, you know, and say for example, you're sitting around, you're talking, you say, "Well, you know, what's for the future? Oh, I'm just living day by day." 
Okay. Be very careful because, see, here's the thing. Um, A man who does not have a plan for his future is a man that's not really thinking beyond himself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful about uh, someone who is just taking things day by day, you know, because let's say, for example, a pregnancy occurs. You know, if this man doesn't even have a plan for the future, how is he going to be able to take care of a child? Where's the thinking to take care of a child? So you want to mm-hmm. be careful about about that. Um, he says he's selfish. Let's say, for example, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I tell the story in my book about um, my coworker who was in his 40s. He was a supervisor. And... Wasn't married, no children. And he said, I'm too selfish to be a parent. And I remember mm. my female coworkers, you know, just coming out and saying, oh, man, you know, what do you mean? So on and so forth. And I said, man, I'm proud of you. And it was like, well, what do yeah. you mean? I said, um, because that's how children get abused. Mm. Parents are selfish. That's how children right. uh, uh, become neglected. Because... Absolutely. Parents are selfish. So right. when a man, if he shows through his actions that he's selfish, you know, that's a warning sign. That's a warning right. sign. And, and I was just getting ready to say that oftentimes um, you have those situations of people who, you know, they, they, they might have had that conversation prior to that I don't want kids, you know. And mm. so sometimes people think that oftentimes people are just saying that, you know, but <laughs> – Sometimes that that's people's true, authentic feelings that they don't want right. to have kids. So right. when the kids come along, not saying that it excuses you from not being a parent, but I think that you have to understand that some people are not going to be able to give you that 100% when it comes to parenting because, first, they didn't want it. And, two, mm-hmm. they may not even know how because it goes back to what you were saying. What is their relationship with their mother and their father? You know, exactly. what was their upbringing like? And so, you know, you always have to start at the root and the base of things. And I think that nowadays it is something that we have to think about, you know. And so, and what do you think about through the flip side of this? Because I know women are often wondering, okay, well, we're talking about the women and the choices that women make and so forth. What about the men? What about the men who okay, you know you had unprotected sex with her. You know you, you know mm. what you did and so forth. Why do we have so many who are willing not to step up to that? You know, even if you're not going to be there um, in, in the physical sense, but as far as, you know, making sure your child has everything they need, et cetera, et cetera, why do we have so many men who, as soon as that, that, that word comes out, like I'm pregnant, they're gone. Because those are boys masquerading themselves as men. And and that's something else that I, I, I mention a lot in my book. See, you have right. a, and that's the right reason why I wrote this book. You have to realize, and I, I'm going to share something personal with me. I have three daughters. Mm-hmm. And when I first wrote this book, my oldest is 22. I gave her a copy of this because I wanted her to read it. There mm-hmm. are men, there are men that look at sex as a form of recreation. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Similar to going to the gym 
and playing basketball with their friends or working out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are the type of men that don't understand, and I make a joke about it in my book, who never attended a sex education class in junior high school or high school, who don't understand the way the body works. These type of men looks at the female body as a form of just pleasure, not as a not as a body that has the ability to reproduce. So type of men that don't understand with pleasure also comes the possibility of becoming a parent. So when you have those type of men that think like that, it's easy for them to disconnect because they only look at the, the female body in one way, and that mm-hmm. is for pleasure. They don't right. look at it, your body as a whole, as a body mm-hmm. that was also made to to procreate and reproduce. That's right. why it's so easy for those men to disconnect. Can I share a, a quick story with you real quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the oldest member of Fathers with Voices contacted my program years ago. He was 60 years old. And he said, heard about your program and so on and so forth. And he was giving me these accolades. He said, listen, mm-hmm. I was dating this, I'm dating this young tenderoni. And I said, this is getting ready to go all wrong. We hadn't heard from tenderoni <laughs> since the 80s and Bobby Brown. I said, so I said, I see where right. this is going. I said, I see where this is going. I said, okay. So I didn't say anything. He said, uh, she's 35, and I told her I didn't want any more kids. My kids are grown. So I said, okay. I said, well, what did she say? He Mm -hmm. said, well, she said, I'm 35, and I'm ready to have children. Right. Right. So do you see what I mean? The blanket Mm -hmm. was laid out. On the ground, yeah. the sun was shining, the flowers was blooming, the food was in the basket. It was all laid out for him. But mm-hmm. because OG, the Mac from way back, wanted <laughs> what he wanted, right. okay, he continued on. Right. So then he, he finishes the story. He says, well, what should I do? She's pregnant. I said, mm. Really? I said, okay, Wow. well, this is what you want to do. I said, you know, make sure she's drinking a lot of water. Um, make sure she's eating fruits and vegetables and going to her prenatal appointments. You want to go to that? Right. And he started getting mad at me. I said, wow. player, don't bring the heat to me because she <laughs> told you. Right. She told you. So Up that's front. the type of man. That yep. only saw her body as one way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I wrote this book, because you have men, the female body, as only for one purpose. And right. that's why they're able to disconnect. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do have a caller on the line here, uh, area code 510-9882. State your name and where you're calling from. Hello, this is Carrie. How are you? Hey, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty okay. Thank you for the heads up that the show was in play. I don't know how I missed that. Um, it's all right. It's, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> topic is very interesting, and it touches very close to home. Um, mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. daughter 
uh, is now 18 years old. She'll be 19 mm-hmm. soon. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe you can explain this to me, sir. Yeah. This young man at the time was, you know, a young man, and he seemed very responsible. He seemed, you know, um, very practical, you know, very himself with his family and things. From the mm-hmm. moment he heard the words, I am pregnant, his whole world fell apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it was a little bit surprising, but at the same time, it wasn't an ideal situation. So I understood falling apart in that regard. And so uh, me trying to be the more mature person, I said to him, well, you know, you can choose whether you want to be in your child's life or not. I'm giving you the option. Mm-hmm. So it took him the entire nine months to say that, yes, I want to be a part of my child's life. And wow. he proceeded to do in and out, in and out, in and out during the course mm-hmm. of her life. So, like, I know there, there, you said there's a young man who views the woman's body as just recreational and, and no plan for. So mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you describe the young man who, I guess, it, I guess in the end, maybe I'm answering my own question, he talks a good game and says that that's not what he is and that's not what he's about. But when it comes mm-hmm. time to put up or shut up, um, completely and totally fell flat. Completely and totally mm. fell flat. I would have strangers would be like, "Oh no, he's a good guy. He would always be there for his child. He would. You must have it wrong." And I'm the one, you know, primarily taking care of my child on a regular basis. Right. Well, it's very wow. simple. What is his What is his action yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and before the pregnancy, his actions said otherwise. But it was mm-hmm. it was the point of no return when the real him came out. I guess. Right. Yeah. And and I, and, and that's what I, I that's what I say in my book. He's a mm-hmm. boy that's masquerading as a man. See, right. when when my oldest daughter's mother became pregnant, I saw the fear in her eyes. And she asked me, she said, what should I do? And I said, mm. that's your body. I can't tell you what to do. I said, mm-hmm. I said, that's your body. that I can't tell you what to do. I said, and I told her what my beliefs were. I told her my beliefs was I didn't believe in abortion. But again, right. that's your body. I can't tell you what to do. I said, but this is what I will tell you. If you decide to have this child, I will be, I will be there for you. And I was. Mm-hmm. I went to all the prenatal appointments. I made sure she ate right, so on and so forth. So I guess what to answer your question, he's not um, he's not ready to step into that man zone. See, a man <clears throat> takes responsibility for his actions. <clears throat> and I work with elementary school children every day. And the thing I learned about little boys is when you could be looking right at them and say, I just saw you. I know I didn't. No, I didn't. He's a little boy. He's not going right. to. I mean, you, I'm serious. It, it will, it will yeah. play, play games with your mind. You're looking right, right. at this boy right. doing right. something, and he will look at you and say, that's a figment of your imagination. You didn't see me just do that. That's right. what that's what a lot of these men are. It's like right. again, when a man is raised a certain way, 
And, and again, this goes back to was his dad around? Let me ask you this. Was his, is his father involved in his life? Can I ask you that? Yes. Actually, his father um, took over raising him for a time until he decided he wanted to go back to his mom. His dad, mm. you know, his dad has been the only real uh, bond or connection for my daughter for her father's family, period. Okay. I, like I, he he was connected as far as the, his relationship with his father, his family, so it seemed. And then it's just, hmm. I don't know, the bottom fell out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not. He was. He wasn't ready. I mean, that's yeah. that's just the bottom line. See, there are truth tellers as far as being a man. Um where you have to distinguish yourself from being a little boy or being a man. And and right. and there are certain times when, when men are faced with that, do I be a boy or do I be a man? Right. Uh, I give an example. Um, when you fall into a bind, do you run back home to mom and dad every time to ask for money or do you figure it out? Mm. Okay? All right? That's that's a truth teller right there. Do you struggle mm-hmm. on your own, or do you run home to mom and dad to bail you out? And there right. are a lot of men that are forty or fifty <clears throat> year old boys who are still pretty much living off of mom and dad. So this is something. This is a this is a wrestling match within within himself. Because right now he's acting like a little boy and oh, yeah. not a man. <laughs> and, no. and, and, mm-hmm. and I would add, Carrie, I, I think that also what happened, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, it goes back to meeting those representatives of people. You know, when we meet people, we're meeting the representative of the, of the person that they would like to be. And I, and I think for him, like you said, um, he gave the facade of, okay, you know, if things come my way, I'm going to be able to handle it. You know, I'm going to, to, to be there and so forth. And so then when it came about, you know, like, you know, Eric was saying, he didn't know how to adapt to that. However, you know, I, and, I, and I still believe that it still gives no excuse for his abstinence because you you may not have been ready to be a mother. You know what I'm saying? Like you, it could have been a totally oh, shock to yeah. You know, like a, it's a total shock to you. And that's what I talked mm. about earlier in the show as well. That you have women who go in relationships and their hope is not, oh well, if I get pregnant, I'm going to be a single mother. That that's not that's not at the top of your list. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's it's best for. And we talked about this as well, people to have those open conversations. You know, just like Eric mentioned how he had the 60-year-old man who, you know, was with a 35-year-old woman. You know, here she's still young, vibrant, and fertile, <laughs> you know. If she wants to have a baby, she's pregnant, she gets pregnant, and he's like, oh, well, what do I do? Well, you already knew what her intentions were, so why act surprised about it? And so I think a lot of times people give us, lip service and they tell us what we they think we want to hear and then when those situations come up it's like oh no I can't I can't deal with this you know mm-hmm. and for him you know Carrie like you even mentioned the fact that his father you know took care of him for a, a 
good bit of his raised him for a good bit of his life to so decide decided he wanted to go back to his mom. I mean, you know, it could be a whole issue with that because he may not even know what parenting looks like. You know, you know, right. even though he was with his dad and his dad was around, he may not know what that parenting and that that whole family structure may actually scare him because it's like, oh, okay, we're all going to be one family. And if he's still struggling with things of his past, you know, he can't give you that 100%. I'm just glad that, you know, his dad, and and as you mentioned, you know, has been there, you know, for your daughter and and so forth. And so, Carrie, I did want to ask you before I let you go, you you have a daughter who you say is about to be 19. Right. What, What are you instilling in her about you know, sex and, and and getting involved because oftentimes, you know, it, it's hard, you know it's difficult to have those conversations because different time periods and so forth. And so, but you know, how how have you talked to your daughter about you know getting in those situations where you know sex and dating is involved and in, and in, in trying to make the best choice she can, you know, for herself. Well, this new generation of of young people, I tell you, sometimes I just don't know that. Right. <laughs> you know, and they think they know it all and they have it all. But I right. constantly stress her to protect her future, to protect her right. body. Um, right. You know, the the whether she wants to discuss details with me, which lately she's been a little bit more forthcoming of just about things going on in her life. But I mm-hmm. always left mm-hmm. that open. She has medical coverage through me, you know, and the doctor's not going to tell me what's going on with you, but you have the right, the option to be able to go to the doctor when you need to to make sure that you're taken care of. Protect right. your future, protect your body. And, you you know, you want to make sure that the young man that you're interested in is worthy. But, I, you know, a lot of times I feel like that falls on dead ears, and I don't know, paranoid parents, but, it, you know, I'm constantly trying to tell her, well, if this young man doesn't, if he doesn't do this or if he doesn't do that, he doesn't have your best interest in mind. You know, and now mm-hmm. that I have the experience of dealing with her father in, in the past, I, I also have that, well, you know, and then it, I try not to push off, well, he sounds like your father, so it's not a good thing, because there weren't, right. there weren't all right. the things about her father, which is how she became her father. There were, there were a mm-hmm. lot of good things about him when he was a young man. So, if anything, I just try to tell her, you know, to pay attention and to listen, to pay attention to all the signs, and to protect right. herself because, you know, they don't. No one else cares about your body or about your life except for you, unless it affects them. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then we Absolutely. from there, and yeah, it's it's a it's a repetitive. Speech at this point, I try not to lecture, but you know right. she's getting yeah. to be about the age that I was when I had her, and I just I don't want what we went through for her. I want right. her to have that right. husband in that in that structure that she wanted, and unfortunately, her father and I could not provide for her. Right. right. Yeah, and and and, and just to expand, you know. That that type of man, um, like I said, he he has not he has not completed the maturation process of being a man, and a lot of men that you know he hasn't, and I'm not putting him down, but that's just what it's about. 
it's about, right. you know, I, I make this joke oftentimes. When I don't want to be a grown man anymore, I go home to my mother and father and let them treat me like a little boy for the weekend. <laughs> because it, it, it's mm. not something that I do intentional, but I realize when I go home to my parents, that's the way they treat me. They do. They right. still treat me like right. a little boy. Yeah. But right. as a man, during the, 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 the seven days out of the week, I don't have that time to go back to being a little boy. I have I have responsibilities. Right. And, right. and that's the maturation of a man is understanding that you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. Right. And that's the reason why I wrote this book is because through this journey, I've met a lot of irresponsible men. I have. Right. I just have to call it for what it is. I've met some great men. But I had for every 10 men that I've contacted Fathers with Voices, eight were great, and two is like, you know, I told her if she goes through this situation, if she goes through the pregnancy, she's on her own. And this is what men would say to me on the phone, and they would expect me to agree with that. I would go, but, sir, you do understand that, okay, there's always a chance of pregnancy. Yeah, but, you know. She made this decision. Yeah, but you were there. She didn't get pregnant by, you know, osmosis. You were there. Right. Right. But, again, these are boys masquerading themselves as men. Because a man is not going to make that statement. He's not. Right. He's going to say, you know what? Hey, listen, you know, it's, it's not the right time, but the bottom line is this. The child, you know, I'm responsible for it. I'm going to put on my big man pants, and I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very simple, you know. So I'm sorry that this happened to you, but, again, it's the reason why I wrote the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, Carrie, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your, your personal story as well. And, uh We'd love to hear from you and definitely appreciate you supporting the show and, and calling in. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you for having me. And I wish you all Absolutely. the best, okay? Thank you, too. You're welcome. Awesome, 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 awesome. And, um, of course, uh, we're going to take a little break, you guys, but we're going to come back, and uh, Eric's going to tell you guys how you go about purchasing uh, this awesome book as well. So we'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Trent from The Conversation Show featuring Lisa Tillman Page. Make sure y'all check us out each and every Friday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 Eastern, right here on your radio networks, YRN 1328.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your Bianca Fly. That was Love Somebody by Keith Robinson, you guys. Um, he is a actor, singer, and songwriter. And uh, you guys uh, may have remembered him from uh, quite a few uh, movies and so forth. Go check him out on Twitter at Keith Sings. Um, that's Keith Robinson, you guys. He was 
um, on the movie Sparkle, I believe, and oh, Dream Girls. Uh, he was one of the uh, guys, leading guys in Dream Girls. So definitely uh, go and connect with Keith Robinson, you guys, at Keith Scenes on Twitter. And of course, this evening, you guys, uh, we are back with our special guest, uh, Eric Leggett. You guys, we've had an awesome dialogue tonight. Uh, we've been discussing his book, Ten Warning Signs He Can Be Dead, Be, or Deadly, Preventing Future Drama and Domestic Violence. And of course, um, Eric, I know the folks that here are wondering, how can they go about uh, purchasing this book? Well, this book is now available on Amazon.com. Um, it's a Kindle book. Uh, and for those who have a smartphone, all you have to do is to download the Kindle app, and you can just order the book and you know read it on your phone. And I'm in the process of getting the printed version of it and I also want to want to mention something uh, again, as I mentioned before, about this mm-hmm. journey that I'm on to prevent uh, this problem from continuing on for the next generation. I have something on my website called Dating Interview. Well, my website is datinginterview.com, but I ha- I'm starting something called Preventing Future Drama Relationships: The 30 Day ta- Challenge, mm-hmm. and the the 30-day challenge is basically um, a series of questions to ask before um, making the decision to become intimate. And uh, basically the, the questions are basically what are your views toward religion, parenting, planning your child, career goals, uh, your future place of residence in the future, your views on sex, your morals, your values. All of these things became, uh, later became disputes in court um, when a relationship ended. That if people discuss these issues prior to the intimacy and the pregnancy, you know, they wouldn't be talking about these different types of things in court. So if you go to my website, it's, it's datinginterview.com, and it's called the PFVR, Preventing Future Drama Relationships 30 30-Day 30 Challenge. And what I want people to do is to, you know, when they do it, email me and let me know if, if these, if the responses to these different views um, and ask these and ask these different questions while they were dating. If it if mm-hmm. it changed their dating approach, if it caused them to pause when the answers did not align to their particular responses, <laughs> and it's just something that I'm going to be very, very um, aggressive and and pushing this on different forms of social media. Right. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And I think I think it's great. You know, um, like I said at uh, the beginning of the show, oftentimes we, we don't take the time to ask those very important questions. And we oftentimes don't take that take time to take our own 
what I like to call our personal inventory of how we feel about different things, you know, um, and how we um, our outlook on when it comes to certain aspects of relationship and how we would deal with this. And this makes the dating process easier because then when you meet someone, you're able to align your thoughts and your answers to, to theirs, you know, to see if you guys are on the same page, you know. The, the thing about dating is that it can be fun and outgoing and everything, um, but at the same time, you know, often dating uh, has led so many people to marriages, and, and some of those have worked out and some of those haven't. And so possibly sometimes had certain questions being put in the midst, you know, it could have prevented, you know, um, those type of situations from happening and so forth. So I am I'm glad you came on the show today. We we had a great time uh talking about all of this. And so for the folks out here, Eric, tell them how they can go about uh getting in touch with you. Oh man. There's so many different ways. Uh they can contact <laughs> me um via email uh dating interview at gmail dot com or mm-hmm. fathers with Voices dot info. They can follow me on Facebook, uh, dating interview, or ten warning signs, or or single mothers at risk. You know, these are all Facebook pages. They can follow me on Twitter. Um, uh, in terms of at dating interview, and you know, these are all the different ways that they can contact me. And I really want people to to connect with me, you know, talk with me, discuss with me, and tell me what they think about these different views because I know it's something that's very different, um, but I'm really trying to prevent a lot of people from going through the pain that I've heard from people for so long. I want to be a a part of change. I want to be a part of preventing this problem, you know, from continuing on in the next generation. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on here and and being my guest. Hopefully it won't be so long the next time. Oh, no, it won't. I hope I I did a good job because you definitely was on your game. I'll give you that. Okay, you did your homework with your questions. Okay, okay. You, You brought the heat. That's okay. I was ready for you though. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. You, you did a great. No, I'm 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 not gassing you up. I'm telling you, I've done a lot of interviews over these 20 years, and there are times yeah. where I'm like, oh my god, you know, there were there were dead spots and things of that nature. They really didn't do their homework, or they didn't, right. you know, ask me questions that related to the reason why I was on the show. You'd be surprised. I'm talking about, you know, it, you, you. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. I did. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I am so <laughs> glad that you were able to come on here. And, of course, you are always uh, welcome to come back on here. Uh, we definitely appreciate you and what you're doing. And I like the fact that, you know, you talked about, um, you know, wanting to be about change, you know, and that's what we need. Uh, with so much going on, folks are definitely leaning towards change and, and making things for the better. So I definitely appreciate you and your efforts to do uh, what you continuously do every day. And um, you got any final words you want to share with the folks out there? Well, my final words is, you know, don't let the negativity that's going on in our society right now 
to uh, discourage you. And whenever I get down, I try to look to help other people. So whenever you get down and you think about everything that's going on in society today, look to try to help somebody else, and that'll lift your spirits and 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 just continue to have a positive attitude and and pretty much just keep the faith, you know, keep the faith. Love it, love it. And once again, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate all the calls on the line listening. Um, If you guys have any questions or comments, feel free uh, to send them to me. I'll get them to Eric or you just send them directly to him. Uh, And thanks for Carrie for calling in and chiming in. We definitely appreciate her calling in from California. And to you guys that are on the line listening or listening via your computer or phone, we definitely appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us this evening. And uh, Eric, I hope you have a, a great rest of your evening. And I, I know I'll be chatting with you again soon. Of course you will. Of course you will. Thank you, my sister. Peace and blessings. You're to welcome. You. Same to okay. you. Have a good one. All right. Take All care. Right. Bye bye. You too, All right, you guys. That was Arthur and Eric. Uh, advocate Eric Leggett, you guys, um, and you can go and check out his book once again, available on Amazon, Kindle, uh, 10 Warning Signs He Can Be Deadbeat or Deadly, Preventing Future Drama and Domestic Violence. And so, um, as always, you guys, uh, we appreciate you guys' support of the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show and YRN 1328. If you want to be a guest you can do that. Send us an email at thebeefyshow at gmail.com. Uh, we are booking for April and May. Uh, actually, we're going to go into May uh, as well. So uh, if you want to get on, I suggest you apply today. Send your information to us so that you can uh, get on here and share your voice in your brand. And so next Thursday, you guys, I'm excited. We got Michael and Joy from the Michael and Joy Morning Show coming straight from Atlanta, Georgia. They're going to be joining us. It's going to be a great time. That's going on at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, so I hope to hear and see from you guys then. As always, I appreciate you guys' support. And uh, we're going to go out here with a little throwback Thursday, you guys. We're going to go out here with Yo-Yo Black Pearl. Uh, She was a guest on the show a couple months ago. It was an amazing opportunity. So big shout out to Yo-Yo and LOE uh, Management as well. And so with that, so said folks we're going to get ready to get out of here you guys have a fantastic weekend and i'll see you next week same time same place Strong with you.
The Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio.